The following podcast is a part of RadioMisfits.com. And now it's time for the Mr. Nelson Show. Welcome to another episode of the Mr. Nelson right. Show, episode 138. That's right, 138. Uh, let's get this show on the road because yeah, uh, let's do it. I got things to do. So this is going to be a too. short one. It's all right. <laughs> and uh, Lefty Turdington will not be joining us oh, uh, for this episode as he see. is busy with the March for Gun Control. Oh, so, my God. Yeah, no Lefty. Eh, it's That's too bad because he probably get a kick out of some of the things I'm about to say uh, about Trump and the Republicans. What the hell? I'm afraid Trump let us down in a big way. No, no, no. Uh, I know you don't want to hear it. I know. Boy, when he all of a sudden said he'd veto that bill, I thought, well, there's hope at last. And there he quickly reversed it. Well, yeah, 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 but. That bill is an atrocity. Yeah, well, uh, now. Uh, but just going on about how you've been extorted into doing it just means well, yeah, yeah. you're open to extortion. Yeah, the, the Democrats are holding the military as hostages there. Yeah, the well, they do that all the time. And but for the I sake mean, of our because men and women apparently. in the military, uh, uh, Trump yeah. had to sign that yeah. bill. At least he had the decency to do it behind closed doors <laughs> and then well, uh, shit all over it because it, uh, was, well, it uh, wasn't now. worth toilet paper. But well, he had to do it. Yeah. Mad Dog came in there and explained it, and so oh. he had to. And uh, it's a sad day, sure, that the evils of the swamp continue to abuse their power. Yeah. But... Trump's in it for the long game. You you wait and see. <laughs> this was a tactical maneuver. It was to, to get around these monsters. They think they won. Well, kind of they did. have it because Trump has only just begun. Oh, well, uh, that's great, there, Red. Yeah. Uh, but uh, what? yeah, uh, a lot of money spent here. Curiously enough, uh, I forget the exact number. How many millions will be given to China? What? <laughs> Yeah, funny how that works out. Well, and he just slapped the tariff that's supposedly on them. Of course, it's actually well, that wasn't his idea. On us, should you seek to buy any uh, Chinese steel? Well, then don't buy it. Uh, so yeah, well, <laughs> but that's how those tariffs are paid. And then uh, any dealings in the Chinese markets, of course, will now be. Uh, much more expensive. Well, don't buy Chinese. Uh, but uh, who knows? Maybe that'll work out some yeah, kind of magical way. And just because the stock market took a dip oh, one day and come the next on. day. I don't know why people keep looking at the stock market as a, a huge magical metric of the of the world. And the uh, it's, it's a very small aspect of it because it's always volatile. Uh, it's not yeah. quite as indicative as like uh, GDP well, and employment no. numbers and that sort of thing. But... I don't know, but it's you know something to throw up and say that the sky is falling, or it's we're in a new gold age like it was with Obama. Oh, what a gold age! Pretty much did the same thing, oh, even though under age. Obama, yeah, of course, uh, GDP was terrible, worse than it's ever been in the history of the country. <laughs> and then as soon as Obama, I mean uh, Trump, comes in, oh, how can you make that uh, slashes mistake? Obama's uh, pen and the phone regulations. Oh, good. Oh, and the employment. Yeah, so he's got, got that big wind on him, too, but that can bro. only go so far. Right. And uh, spending this type of money yeah. and allowing criminals to abuse the system like that. Well, uh, now. Nah. And as far as what's in it for the wall. Yeah, we got some. No, it's, it's not there. Well, who are you to speak for Trump? Well, you ain't Trump. Yeah, well, uh, the best uh, spokesman for Trump is Trump himself through his Twitter. That's right. So, uh, earlier in the day, before he signed the bill, uh, he, uh, or, no, was it the day before? Yeah, yeah I think, think it was the so. day before. Anyway, uh, he tweeted out, Got $1.6 billion to start wall on See? the southern border. There you go. Rest will be forthcoming. There you Most go. importantly, right. got $700 billion to rebuild our military. Yeah. Seven hundred and sixteen billion next year. That right. Most ever. Yeah. Had to waste money on dim giveaways uh-huh. in order to take care of military pay increase and new equipment. That's a damn shame, but he was willing to do what had to be done. 
Yeah. That's right. So uh, after that, uh, to, uh, then uh, two days later, uh, before he signed the bill, he said, I am considering a veto of the anonymous spending bill based on the fact that the 800,000 plus DACA recipients have been totally abandoned by the Democrats. Well, good. Not well, even mentioned well, in bill. And the border wall, what? which is desperately needed for our national defense. Yeah. It's not fully funded. Oh, man, God, you see how they screwed him over? Well, yeah, God but Red, damn, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but see, earlier, what? he he pointed out how it wasn't fully funded, but that he was getting some funding, and uh, he, he was okay with it. Yeah, but that, well... That, that, yeah, but yeah. it's all the it's all the strategy and, and, and tactics and whatnot. Ah, uh, yeah. Well, otherwise known as theater. What? Uh, see, uh, oh, Trump was going to sign this no matter what, and he decided to put on a little act here uh, that he's very no. upset about it. He's as real as real and, can be. Uh, so he did that, even though he knew he was going to have to sign it. So it was well, like he was almost smart toast, but oh well, they. They took the military hostage, and so he had That's to. Right. He just had to do That's it. That's what they did. Uh, rather than standing his ground and what? shaming the Democrats and the Republicans what? for not what? doing right by the taxpayer. Oh, come on But, now. well, come on. let's just get this one one and done and move on over. But the problem is... He won't sign the next uh, one. He's taking hits at the bad guys, That's right. but he's not really landing any shots that's going to work in the now, long term. What? Especially... When he pisses off his base like what? this with this kind of nonsense. Well, this is his base right here. Yeah. And I ain't well. no ways no how pissed. At least not about Trump. But I'm getting mighty pissed at you, Mr. Nelson. I can't believe what I'm hearing. Yeah, well, you need to listen to me and figure this out here, uh, Red. I'm because it all uh, out. Trump's done well, about all know. he can do with his executive power, which uh, yeah. has been a lot good. That's right. Been a lot of good. Yeah. And, uh,. But support. he still got to deal Can't with Congress, and he didn't use any of his powers in this case what? to line them up and get them disciplined. I mean, he had backers in there. He had the Freedom Caucus that was uh, lock, stuck, and barrel up against this bill. Well, yeah, but, but he didn't stand his ground. He didn't take on the the threats, uh, oh. the the risk rather of oh. uh, of using the veto here. To stand oh, on the principle that he ran on. Oh, man. And uh, you're going to have to do that. You're going to have to take that step there, and it's going to have a shutdown. It's going to have all the horrors and the Democrats screaming. But the Democrats, as he rightfully said, have sold out uh, all their constituents and base, but they're too they're stupid to realize it, at least most of them anyway. And, uh, and here he is. Uh, he called their bluff and whatnot, and they still threw it back in his face. So right, right. Uh, that's all been well demonstrated. He, he could have used that, but he didn't. Well, and here but, he is just signing it and putting on a display no, that he's mad now. about it. Come on, man. Uh, but... <sighs> The idea that he won't do it again, no. that he's going to veto the next one. He said he would. And, wouldn't. you know, what is it, six months or so that we'll have to I revisit this. Uh, come on, man. Don't bet on it. I, I think I he'll sign that on. one, too. Oh, he'll just have now. to come up with some other little act to explain himself. But as far as being anyone who can crack the whip on Republicans, yeah. uh, he just looked the other way and didn't oh, make use man. of it. So they're not really going to take him seriously on oh, that. Oh, come on, man. Man, I'm about ready to leave. You're going to keep talking like this. Well, it's not all bad news, uh, Red. Uh, he did replace McAllister with uh, John Bolton, oh, who yeah, I John thought Bolton. should have been Secretary of State. Yeah. But I'll take this gig as National Security Advisor. I all guess right. Trump finally got over his uh, okay. his disgust at, uh, what? at uh, Bolton's uh, mustache. What? <laughs> What are you talking about? That was one of the rumors that oh, he didn't man. want him rumors. as Secretary of State because he didn't like God. his bushy mustache. Oh, now, come on. You believe that? And with everything else, uh, who knows? Maybe it's true. Oh, but I guess he got over it. And uh, I, I'm pretty much in agreement with Bolton on just about everything. And yeah, uh, you need a hardline guy. And right. I would argue that it was intolerable. To have somebody like McAllister who just would not budge on something as disgusting and criminal as the Iran nuclear deal. That right, uh, amen. Uh, we can get some movement on that and get out of that disgusting uh, criminal act, uh, another act of yeah. extortion, really. Right. And, it, and it's no good. 
So, Amen. Uh, that and uh, North Korea and what have you. Yep. And we can go forward with that. But uh, so, yeah, Trump's got uh, uh, Mr. McFeely. <laughs> that Bolton looks like Mr. McFeely from Mr. Rogers. Oh, so uh, there you Come go. On, so that was uh, some good news, a good move on Trump's part. Yeah. And look, everybody's saying it's, it's chaotic and there's chaos in the White House and all that oh, stuff. Who's saying but that? Come on. He keeps running into people who just want to maintain the status quo. So what was the point of electing a new president? He should have just left right. Obama in there Amen. at the rate they were going. So he's going to keep running into that. So I expect more people to get fired as we go forward Good. Uh, who just will not get with the program. Yeah. And basically, that's uh, Trump's job. He's the executive officer. Right. He's there yeah. to hire and fire. Amen. So uh, get your act together or get out. Yeah. And that's the way. He's got some more. That Shulkin guy from the VA who uh, misused uh, taxpayer funds for personal travel after the VA scandal, and you pull a stunt like that, yeah. he should be, she should be out last week. Yeah, the fact right. that he's still there is bothersome to me. Needs uh, and as much as I hate to say it, I think Ben Carson's got to go over oh. that stupid stunt about refurbishing the office. Oh, Look, my God. Uh, with How all the wasteful that? money and the corruption as the core cause of that crap. That's right. And then you come in and want to beautify a goddamn office. No, yeah. you can do fine with fold-out chairs and a fold-out table from Walmart. That's right. And I damn do. it, you know, live up to the principle yeah. or leave. Amen. And uh, I'm afraid that's, that example's got to be made, and I don't care how smiley and nice you were. Oh, hell. Uh, no, no favorites, no one special. That's right. Fire them. Yeah. <laughs> Woo! And so... Now you talking. Uh, yeah, it's a good day well, when that happens. It sure is, yeah. Yeah, well. That's the kind of talk I like. <laughs> you feel a little better now, Red? Well, yeah. I mean, damn, next thing I was expecting you to start talking about Stormy Daniels and Karen McDougal, <laughs> like CNN 60 Minutes wasted American people's time on crap like that when we got more important things going on. Yeah, that's right, uh... Boy, I remember when they circled the wagons around Clinton and just refused oh, yeah. to even believe the women. And here we have the stories all about a consensual affair. That's so right. I'm not yeah. even certain why this is important, especially when anyone with half a brain would have to accept the premise that the only shocking story to come out of this would be that Trump didn't have sex with these women huh? when we pretty much expected him to. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and he bragged about similar affairs in his own huh? uh, book. So, I mean, come on. I didn't read that. <laughs> what do you expect? And uh, the idea that anyone cares is ridiculous. That's not going to shake any vote at all. Nope. Because uh, people went into the booth pretty much knowing this. Uh, when they vo voted him in. So, All right. uh, yeah, but, yeah. Uh, you know, CNN uh, is Trash. just completely deranged That's right. with their hatred of uh, Trump. Were. So they'll pursue things like this yes, uh, yep. because I guess it makes them feel better. But, uh, <laughs> well, what are you going to do? Well, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. What? I'm going to read you a little story from your favorite political news site, The Daily Wire. Oh. Yeah. All right. Headline. Guy who said he had sex with Obama is pissed. Stormy <laughs> Daniels is a mainstream media darling. Uh, yeah, I always wondered about him. Now we know. Yeah, well, sounds reasonable and credible to me. Okay. Anyway, a man who claimed he had a two-day love affair with a married Barack Obama back in 1999. <laughs> Jesus, help me. Uh... Uh, he's heated over the mainstream media's sickening double standard concerning Stormy Daniels, a porn star who claimed she had sex with a married Donald Trump back in 2006. I huh. mean, good Lord, look at her. What was he supposed to do? <laughs> you know, well, uh, anyway, Larry Sinclair claims he had a drug-induced sex romp with then-Senator Obama in Chicago after the duo were introduced by a limousine driver. Sinclair claims he performed oral sex. Oh, God damn. On, on Mr. Obama on two occasions. <coughs> uh, Stormy Daniels is being pimped and pimping the media now, and it's lining her pockets, accused Sinclair in an interview with the Washington Examiner. I believe she had sex with him. Do I believe yeah. she's trying to twist and edit to benefit her interest? Well, you yeah. damn right I do. I don't think anyone's Unlike arguing that. Unlike Daniels, 
His real name is Stephanie Clifford, who's seen a wealth of media opportunities to tell her side of the story. Sinclair's allegations were quickly dismissed by the media. As noted by the examiner, Mr. Sinclair has a record of crimes involving deceit and apparently did not provide cooperating evidence of the alleged affair. Yeah, well, you see, that's... The, so what? Well, that's a problem, Red. Uh, it's hard to believe his story when he can't cooperate it and he has a history of it. I do believe but, that there are enough yeah. contradictions <laughs> okay. by Miss Daniels to justify questioning her motive and truthfulness. Sinclair continued naming as evidence her statements or non-statements and subsequent interviews implying that her signature was not her signature and her back and yeah, forth on whether Trump paid her. her. I so. find this whole double standard sickening. And no, I am not a bigger supporter of Trump, but I am a supporter of fair and unbiased media coverage, he added. I find the whole NDA and accepting money and then later coming back and using a completely legal incident for political and personal gain questionable. <laughs> Michael Levanti, <laughs> uh, or Avenetti, yeah, whatever, I can't pronounce them foreign names. Well, it's not really <laughs> An attorney foreign, representing but... Daniels apparently believes such claims of media favorability to his client are unfounded. Is this a joke? <laughs> Am I being punked? Abinati <laughs> responded to the outlet via email. Sinclair, who reportedly has political aspirations, is convinced the media are giving instant credibility without skepticism to women accusing Trump of sexual misconduct. Yeah. The examiner cited a lack of photo of Obama and Sinclair together. as yeah, a distinction a point. between Daniel's allegations and his. Also, the site notes... Obama is reportedly straight. Well, yeah, all right. <laughs> missing up the story. What are you saying, now. Red? Well, I see here. Daniels told a story <laughs> to some journalists, including from Slate and In Touch magazine, before signing the October 2016 NDA, though he neither published her account. She and McDougal uh, do have a degree of cooperation from friends who attest to contemporaneous conversations. Uh, or yeah. in the case of McDougal, provided the media with a letter she allegedly wrote documenting yeah. the claims, continues the examiner. Well, As reported by the high. Daily Wire They're on so Wednesday, high. Daniels passed a polygraph in 2011. <laughs> that ain't nothing but voodoo. Yeah. Uh, but regarding yeah. her claims of unprotected vaginal intercourse with Trump, <laughs> In 2006, the examiner said there was a 99% probability the porn star was telling the truth. Yeah. According to the test, which, as I have ascertained, is nothing but voodoo. <laughs> Sinclair apparently failed the polygraph in 2008. Again, nothing but voodoo. <laughs> Though he argues the tests are not reliable. That's right. They ain't. Uh, to journalists, I would say take your time, compare statements, and call out contradictions in statements in previous interviews, Sinclair said. Yeah. When it comes to polygraphs, be very sure you vet the examiners conducting them and always ask for the computer scoring results as well as the examiner's findings. In 2009, Sinclair released a book about the alleged affair called Barack Obama and Larry Sinclair, huh. Cocaine Six lies and murder. Murder. He says he lost money on it. Well, that's a damn shame. <laughs> damn shame when someone gets trashed for telling their story. Yeah, well, that's a problem when he doesn't have any cooperation for it. Well. And these ladies do. Plus, look, uh, I'm going to say something that most heteros are too uh, chicken shit to tell gays. What? Uh, it's a hetero world. You just happen to live in it. So, yeah, uh, a sex right. scandal involving women. Uh, it's just going to get more eyes, especially when it's hot porn stars. Oh, yeah. And also, the media just wants to go after Republicans. So, the fact that uh, your affair was with uh, uh, a Democrat, oh, uh, yeah. if it ever happened, which there's well, really no evidence that it did, uh, is not going to get much attention coverage. at all. You would have had to have had a, a tape or something uh, to, yeah. to prove it. And even well, then, uh, the media would still have circled the wagons and uh, whined and moaned about why are we talking about this and that it's all pretty irrelevant. And they would have a point because it pretty much what? would have been. It would have only been a case uh, for uh, Obama and Michelle rather than us. 
Well, same thing here. Uh, the affairs that uh, Trump did uh, that we all Allegedly. pretty much figured he did. <laughs> we well. just didn't know who with. <laughs> and so much ado about nothing, but all CNN has is a hate Trump show. That's and that's right. all they've been reduced to. That's and right. it's just blatantly obvious. Yep. And uh, so-called uh, career journalists like Anderson Cooper. Oh, uh, Anderson <laughs> up to poop. Damn it, Red. Uh, it's true. Asking. It's true. You know, uh, uh, McDougal. you know, intimate details and all that. Like, what we really needed to know, you, you know, and. Gee, how long did he last? Oh, man. <laughs> did you get a measurement? Oh, jeez. <laughs> Was one ball sack lopsided from the other? Oh, man. <laughs> CNN, hard-hitting news. And so uh, it's amazing how much and how low they've gone uh, to make a mockery of themselves. While at the time yep. they're telling themselves they're really sticking it to Trump. No way, no way. Yeah, not really. Nope. Not, not really. So. Nope. Uh, but, uh, you know, there it is. There's the circus that everything yep. has become. And uh, a lot of people blame it all on Trump himself, no, come but, on, man. uh, that doesn't really explain everyone else's behavior. No, it so does. yeah, again, uh, a story that is much ado about nothing. Right, right. And I guess we're all jealous that we didn't get to bang Karen McDougal. You know, that's well, pretty much what it is. Oh, well, not, yeah. not in the case of Anderson, of course, but, oh, but no, uh, for the no most of us, yeah. God damn it, Trump. Boy, <laughs> He had yeah, a lot of fun, yeah, yeah. huh? Yeah. All right, we're going to take a break here uh, and get away from the political stuff. I want to talk about oh. some uh, movies oh, yeah. uh, and uh, uh, concerning comic books and, of oh, course, the comic book God world damn. itself. Some oh. stories you probably don't know about because yeah, you're not no. a comic book nerd like me, but you're going to hear about it no, anyway. So stay I'm tuned done. as we uh, take a break with these that. messages and we'll be right back. God damn it. That's enough. I'm out. <laughs> Red. I'm at it. Come on. No. <sighs> All right, it'll just be me. I'll come back. See you then. You're listening to the Mr. Nelson Show here on RadioMisfits.com. Hey, man. You know what's in outer space? I, I, I don't know what. Yes. <laughs> Stupid, 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 stupid. Oh, wee! what's this? <laughs> well, it's another spaghetti sci-fi rift by yours truly. Oh, man, don't leave me hanging. Fill me in on the details. Well, this time it's Mr. Nelson Riff's War of the Robots. Oh, boy. Yes, in War of the Robots, a scientist from Earth is kidnapped by a bunch of robots that all look like the late Rolling Stone Brian Jones. Huh. Yes, the crew of the starship Trissy. What? <laughs> yes, they call it the starship Trissy. Uh, they pursue the robots to rescue the scientist and his beautiful assistant. They run around a lot, and once in a while they shoot ray guns and then watch TV. Yes, this spaghetti sci-fi romp was made by the same guys who made Cosmos War of the Planets. Oh, wow! Yes, so once again, someone on the set forgot to turn on the lights during filming. Oh, <laughs> but wait, there's more. Also in this package deal, you get Chapter 4 of Flash Gordon, Space Soldiers Conquer the Universe. Yes, Flash saves the Earth by taking a powder on a mountain. Meanwhile, Ming the Merciless makes Dale watch as Dr. Zarkov is forced to wear a dress. Warning! Due to an extreme lack of talent, bathroom humor is deployed throughout the film. It also contains some music from Kevin MacLeod. Oh, wow! Where can I get this? Oh, you just have to head over to selfie.com slash Nelson. And this little gem can be yours, simply for a buck seventy-five. Oh, wow! Cheap! Yes. Yes, it is. You're listening to the Mr. Nelson Show here on RadioMisfits.com. And now, it's time for The Good Doctor. Previously on The Good Doctor.
Nurse practitioner Jane Good attempted to engage in a lesbian tryst with Christmas Carol, but she got cold feet and quickly ran back home. Meanwhile, her husband, Dr. Feelgood, had hired the services of private investigator Linoleum Walker in order to have him investigate himself. And by himself, I mean Dr. Feelgood. Anyway, we find Dr. Feelgood at home, napping in a chair, when suddenly he's stirred by his wife. Wake up! If you fall asleep, you'll miss out on all the action. Huh? What, what do you mean? <laughs> well, I'm a little tipsy, so it's time for your blowjob. <laughs> Meanwhile, at the office of Private Dick Linoleum Walker, he's already called in his secretary, Mabel Fable, to begin work on his investigation of Dr. Phil Good. Sorry to call you in so late, Mabel, but uh, I need to hit the ground running on this Dr. Good case. Oh, uh, no problem, Lynn. Later, at Mabel's apartment, she sits distraught and lonely. Stripped down to her bra and pantyhose, and crying on the phone to someone. So, he's clearing his schedule to shadow Dr. Good, and that's all I know about it right now. So, so, so gentle, when can I see you again? I mean, come on, it's it's been a week! <sighs> Stop being so damn needy, Mabel. It's not at all sexy. I'll see you if and when I'm ready and not before. Trouble in paradise? Yeah, same old problem. Uh, Sam, and it seems Walker is getting a little bit nosy, so we might want to hand that off at the best. All right, already on it. Twenty minutes later, Linoleum is leaving his office building, but fails to notice that he, too, is being shadowed. Later, back at the home of Dr. Feelgood and Jane Good... Look, I said I was sorry. I didn't think it would come out that fast. Jeez, you want me to wear a rubber for that, too? Didn't know it would come out too fast. And you call yourself a doctor? You... You just don't appreciate the crap I go through to make you happy. Bitch, bitch, bitch. Is that all you women do these days? That night, the goods slept in separate beds. The next morning... Dr. Feelgood left early for work, while Jane Good, claiming illness, stayed home. She spirals down into a deeper depression as she considers what is obvious. The telltale signs of turmoil in their marriage. Meanwhile, Phil seems to be obnoxiously oblivious to the trouble as he continues to take her for granted. So bored and lonely and ready for some excitement, She's at the point that she'll do anything to avoid her dull routine of awaiting inevitable aging. So, she calls Miss Christmas Carol. Uh, Chrissy, I'm so lonely and depressed. Can you come over? I, I'm sorry about last night. L let me make it up to you. Okay, sweetie, but I'm not coming over to bake cookies, drink tea, and watch some shitty soap operas. Later, Dr. Feelgood arrives home earlier than Jane Good had expected. Jane? Hey, Jane, honey, I'm home. I couldn't help but notice that uh, the fridge is out of beer, and so I... What? What, what, what the hell? Shocked. Stunned. Then, somewhat excited, Dr. Feelgood bears witness to his wife, totally nude and on their bed, with an equally nude Miss Christmas Carol standing over her. Jane's hands gripping her thighs and buttocks and shoving her face deep, deep into Miss Carol's crotch. Damn it! What the hell's going on here? And why wasn't I invited? What's going on indeed? Well, perhaps this and other questions will be answered in the next exciting episode of The Good Doctor. The Good Doctor is a Nelson production, written and performed by me, Douglas Nelson. Incidental music is provided by Kevin McLeod and other public domain sources. 
Like the sound of my voice? Yes, you know you do, and you want to hear it in the best way possible. So why not get yourself some headphones and accessories from Tweaked Audio? Key features include eight colors and styles, mic'd and non-mic'd versions, designed to sound great for music and talk, noise-reducing design with a lifetime warranty. So head over to tweakedaudio.com and use discount code Mr. Nelson at checkout for 33% off and free worldwide shipping. That's Mr. Nelson. M-R-N-A-I-L-S-I-N. It's not case-sensitive, but it is all one word. That's tweakedaudio.com. This is CNN. You're listening to the Mr. Nelson Show here on RadioMisfits.com. Okay, guess who's back? Just me. Ah, <laughs> uh, well. Anyway, uh, as I said earlier, this needed to be a short one, and uh, I had done some uh, recordings on this subject matter, but it went on way too long, and it could have been the whole show itself. Suffice to say, um, let me get through the entertainment news. There's going to be a television series coming from Fremantle, North America for the comic book series Astro City, which uh, I have enjoyed from its beginning. Basically, uh, it's a story about a city called Astro City <laughs> where uh, superheroes exist, and it gives you uh, a sort of more intimate and in-depth look at these characters along with the people who are just ordinary people who happen to live in this city. It's kind of like an anthology uh where it goes on some of the characters can reoccur and it had different arcs about them and what have you some went longer than others and but yeah you could have a story where a superman character is there and you kind of have a day in a life of that guy and his story and then the next story is about somebody who just happens to drive a cab in that city or something like that and they bear witness to these extraordinary events that can happen uh and what kind of effect it would have on just some uh, pedestrian in, in one of these ginormous uh, superhero battles in cities that you see in the movies so much. So uh, it was always an interesting thing. He got the idea from when he was doing uh, a series called Marvels, which was sort of uh, a, a look back at the early days of Marvel Comics. And uh, it was a beautifully painted by Alex Ross, who does these photorealistic uh, superhero paintings. And... Uh, yeah, you would do yourself a favor to check that out. Uh, and it, but it also had this kind of, it was told through the eyes of a photographer who covered, uh, the, uh, Marvel universe from its World War II days well into the sixties and seventies and, uh, till his retirement. And that's kind of how you see, uh, the burgeoning, uh, Marvel characters from Captain America when it was timely comics well into when it became Marvel in the sixties. And you saw, you know, Spider-Man and the X-Men and all that. And uh, so uh, he went on from there uh, to do his own creator own series for Image Comics uh, called Astro City. And that's it was kind of the same template, the same idea. So he comes up with a story about, hey, how would this uh, guy react to an alien invasion or something like that? You know, and it would go from there. And it's well done. It's well crafted. He's a good writer. Uh, I can't stand his politics. I didn't really know them. I assumed he was a liberal. But he's not a liberal. He's a hardcore leftist. He immediately went the leftist stream in this comics gate thing that's been going on, uh, where, uh, anyone who criticizes the direction of comics that, uh, preaches hard left propaganda and calls everyone a bigot and homophobe or Nazi, basically, just for disagreeing with them, uh, it's insane and it's been poisoning the comic book industry and shrinking an already shrunken market to almost non-existence <laughs> at this point. And it's sad. Now, in the case of Bazig, he's had some terrible health problems that's dogged him for quite a few years. And so uh, maybe that takes its toll and he's not quite fully aware and not able to uh, invest the time it would take to understand the full story of what's going on rather than just making broad brushed assumptions about people, which, again, must I remind people, use of the broad brush is the tool of a bigot uh, that. Like, but like I said, I can see a scenario where I could give him an out <laughs> here uh, because he has uh, suffered some terrible health problems. And, uh, but he was able to produce a pretty good series that I do recommend. 
Uh, but if some, you know, the politics bother you that much, well, then I guess you can't do that. But uh, it's still go- being printed. Uh, it's sold through uh, a Vertigo now, which is an imprint from DC Comics. And uh, it continues uh, pretty much the same level all the way through. Some stories are more exciting than others. But uh, just uh, I just never got tired of this sort of genre within the genre that he kind of invented. And so uh, I've always thought it would make a great TV series. And now it looks like it's going to happen with uh, this uh, Fremantle Media uh, North America, who uh, is the studio behind the American Gods TV series, which was uh, written by another uh, comic book writer, uh, the Sandman fame, Neil Gaiman. And uh, so now these people are interested in Astro City. Uh, so uh, this looks very likely that it could happen. Uh, earlier, there was talk of it becoming a feature film. I, I don't think that would have been a good idea. Uh, something which is, is its strength is in its being a series uh, in the comics uh, because there's really no one star in it. So a movie uh, alone, even if you gave it like a trilogy or something, uh, I don't think it would capture it quite well, all right. I mean, maybe if you did it kind of like an anthology film where it is like 30 minute stories, you know, four 30 minute stories in a movie, something like that might have worked. But I would much prefer a television series since television has matured greatly over the last uh, 20 years or so. Uh, uh, some are failing on that I because I'm a bit spoiled, but. <clears throat> nevertheless uh try to do your best as you go forward and so uh, hopefully if done well done right and there's a lot of series you could save money on with a story like astro city where you wouldn't really need that much in the uh, in terms of special effects and whatnot where it could be happening even off camera or just in the distance where it's this kind of little cgi that you can't quite see how bad it is <laughs> because it's so far away and stuff like that because you're dealing with you know the the ground level uh ordinary uh, a man or woman uh, being uh, bearing witness to some of this extraordinary event. So uh, it all sounds possible. It looks like it's going to happen. And I, I really hope it does uh, because I think this would be a really great series if they don't mess it up. And that's the thing. Boy, if they mess it up, I'd rather they not even do it at all. Uh, but uh, we'll see. And it would be cool if it can uh, maintain the style and look that uh, Alex Ross and Brent Anderson brought to it. Brent Anderson was the interior artist of the series. Well, mostly. Here lately, there's been some replacement artists here and there uh, uh, for whatever reason. I don't know. And uh, But mostly Brent Anderson and Alex Ross have designed these characters and some pretty uh, unique. A lot of them are just knockoffs of Superman and Batman and the X-Men and the Fantastic Four, stuff like that. Uh, but they go off on their own little, little stories and they uh, become their own, you know? So uh, it would be interesting if they could maintain that and, uh, and have it look well as, as, as that goes, but, uh, interesting. And I look forward to it. And, uh, I do recommend, uh, looking into Astro city. Yes, I do. Uh, the interesting thing about this article that uh, I found this, uh, the, the announcement of this was on uh, superhero hype by Sarah, Musnicky? <laughs> I guess. Sorry if I'm not saying it right. Because um, at the bottom, it was talking about the different people involved in it. And apparently one of these is this guy named Rick Alexander. Uh, and it says he's currently the executive producer on Eurocore Television's series version of Howard Chaikin's landmark 80s sci-fi comic American Flag. Uh, and he's also developing one for Warren Ellis, uh, his Gravel series, which I never read. But American Flag was... Uh, certainly a landmark series. Uh, this was the early 80s. Uh, Howard Chaikin did this series as a futuristic st- story, although it shows his backstory, a nuclear war that broke out in 1996. <laughs> well, that didn't happen, but yeah, we'll move on. Um, and it's a strange thing uh, where it's a commentary on, a, uh, of course, corporate America and what have you, but it's a very bizarre version of it where the corporate heads and the government people uh, relocated to Mars <laughs> while the Earth is apparently slowly dying. Never the, the story never got a good conclusion, but um, maybe in a TV series it would. Uh, but it was groundbreaking in that uh, I think, and I believe that Howard Jacob was the first to introduce this idea of using uh, news media as a narrative structure for a story. Uh, and that kind of got ripped off 
by uh, Frank Miller in uh, Dark Knight Returns <laughs> and certainly in RoboCop, the movie. Uh, that look and style of the original RoboCop, the first one, uh, is very reminiscent of the feel and, and, and themes and what have you of uh, American flag. So if there w- had been a movie or a TV series, it would have looked very similar uh, to, to that. Uh, so uh, I do recommend that too. It was uh, reprinted and put in a uh, collection by uh, Image Comics, but I think that's now published by Dynamite Comics. Anyway, there's plenty of opportunities out there to look up American flag by Howard Chaikin. And flag is spelled with two G's. And <laughs> so, uh, it's got a lot of sex and violence in it, <laughs> but done in a tongue in cheek, lack giggly, laughable style. <laughs> Howard Chaikin, uh, he, another lefty, uh, and just won't listen to reason. <laughs> but it's odd because sometimes he does, uh, go off on this. He does have some very patriotic views. And believes America's a lot better than most of his leftist compatriots would, would, would even bother to even, you know, deign to accept or consider. And, uh, so a different guy, very interesting guy, but, uh, he's been very good at writing a hero as an asshole. <laughs> and he's very good at that. Um, quite a few of his, uh, uh series, uh, I've enjoyed. I enjoyed his art style. And so on and so forth. But yeah, yet another hardcore leftist. Uh, uh, your artistic heroes are always going to let you down <laughs> because that's just what they're into. Meanwhile, in comics, uh, where it comes from left and right, and you're not allowed to admit that you're on the right in any fashion whatsoever. Uh, the, it, the top artist in the field, if, if not the top artist, is a man named Ethan Van Skyver. He uh, came to prominence when he was on a project that revived the Green Lantern comic book series uh, and all that. And it's mostly what he's known for. But his uh, artistic uh, abilities only get better as time goes by. And uh, I'm sure I talked about this before in one of my uh, earlier episodes. So I don't want to go too deep in the weeds on it. Uh, He does have a YouTube channel called Comic Pro... Comic... Comic Pro Arts Secrets Art. Damn it, I'm doing this all wrong. Uh, let me quickly look it up. Damn it. Damn it. Oh, geez. Yeah, Comic Artist Pro Secrets, uh, the YouTube channel, the official channel of Ethan Van Skyver. And in a lot of the videos, he would do demonstrations uh, of, of how to draw comic book characters and whatnot. And then a lot would just, he would just do a sketch and uh, film it, and you're going to watch it. The problem for uh, the rest of the industry. He's a Republican. <laughs> and he said, yes, he did vote for Donald Trump. Well, that's it. They've decided he has to go. Um, there was claims that he's a Nazi because uh, 10 years ago he did a sketchbook. Now, a lot of comic book artists will sell these sketchbooks at conventions and whatnot because it's a little booklet that will contain sketches. And uh, one he did, he titled My Struggle. <laughs> Uh, which of course is the title of Hitler's famous book, Mein Kampf in English. It's my struggle. Uh, and he, on the cover of the drawing was a drawing of Sinestro, the villain from the Green Lantern series. Uh, Sinestro is like the Joker, uh, to, uh, like Batman's Joker, Green Lantern's Joker, you know, is Sinestro or his Lex Luthor, if you will, the main arch villain that he faces. And so there you go. He drew him and kind of had a Hitler-like look to him in, in the drawing. And he put it on there as a gag and, and moved on. Uh, anybody with, with a rational mind would understand that. Plus, uh, again, Sinestro, the name has Sinister in it. <laughs> He's a villain. So uh, it's not like he was promoting Hitler as a great guy. <laughs> so, but it was, a, it was a play on words in my struggle that he, you know, he, is always drawing and whatnot and struggles to be better and all that. And well, that was taken as exhibit a, and that means he needs to be banned from the industry and never seen or heard from again. Uh, these are sad, pathetic, uh, people with deep rooted psychological problems. Um, one in particular is a guy who calls himself a journalist and he does have a regular writing gig from a comic book news website called comic book resources, which I will no longer have anything to do with. I used to go there all the time and read a lot of their articles, but it was 
turning to crap anyway. Uh, they were mostly producing cheap, lazy articles like 15 things you love about Spider-Man and that kind of thing. And it was lazy. And a lot of the articles was just stuff they were snatching from, you know, other uh, links, which is fine. A lot of people do that because the news comes from other people who have more contacts and whatnot. But the commentary just was not very, it was lazy. It was very quick and stuff, and they didn't really add much to it. And uh, and then this guy comes along. His name is Kieran Shake. I believe I'm pronouncing that right. And he just made it his personal campaign to destroy Ethan Van Skyver, who's just the sweetest, nicest guy. I mean, if you play any of his videos, even the short ones, you, you immediately get it that he's just this teddy bear guy. And uh, But now... Uh, an article in BuzzFeed comes out and basically depicts him as the harasser or at least the ringleader of her, of, you know, uh, a troll armies online at Twitter and whatnot. When the, the deal is he was harassed. I mean, he went to, to do a signing of his work and whatnot at a pizzeria. That was a comic theme themed pizzeria. And then after the show, someone uh, vandalized the, the building uh, the claim was, is that, oh no, it was just a coincidence because there was a series of burglaries, except nothing was stolen at the pizzeria where everywhere else uh, there were burglaries. So uh, now this is pretty, and people were threatening him saying they were going to come get him, uh, when he went there, uh, he complains about people calling him a Nazi every single day. And the people calling him a Nazi say, well, since he's rejecting what we're saying, he's harassing us. It's a very bizarre, uh, sort of circumstances that that happens. But nothing really happens to these harassers. Uh, you've got a, a transgender woman uh, doing a comic, comic book called Pervert at Image Comics, and she wished one of these YouTuber guys, uh, the channel is called Diversity and Comics, and uh, he was a, he's a war veteran, and uh, she said, gee, I wish he had died in a, uh, an IED explosion. And you would think that would be a career-ending thing. No, the wagons were circled, which is odd. Because earlier on, uh, as I had mentioned, Howard Chaikin from American Flag fame did a comic book called uh, Divided States of Hysteria. <laughs> and uh, there was a cover where uh, a, I believe it was a, an Arab man who had been murdered and lynched and he was hanging uh, from a, uh, a, I don't know, a cinema sign or something, a marquee sign, something like that. And uh, his genitals had been some, some I guess, cut off or something like that but anyway pretty disgusting <laughs> cover to begin with but of course the image said oh we apologize they wanted him to apologize they removed it and replaced it with another cover all this stuff and uh but here you got to understand right now the trans movement <laughs> such that it is are the cool kids and they trump everything else so uh, so this person wished that on him because he's highly critical of left-wing politics in uh, comic books because it's not just that it's there because there's always been some of that there here and there, but it's just practically just breaks the fourth wall. They're not even trying to write an actual story. They just preach about stuff ad nauseum. And it really got came to the fruition because of Marvel Comics was completely taken over by it, where they were literally gender swapping characters, uh, changing their race, all for the purposes of claiming they're being more diverse. When Marvel Comics has been diverse since its inception, and uh, but it was all this aesthetic uh, diversity that needed to be there. And if any complaint, any complaint at all, you know, you don't like that Captain America is replaced by a black man now. You must be a Klansman. You are a Nazi. It was just that simple, very small-minded, very myopic and stupid and uh, vicious because anybody who has, uh, had a problem with it, well, you're immediately assaulted like that. Uh, so on and on and on with this stuff. And uh, there was a recent article in BuzzFeed, <laughs> ButtFeed as I got it, is very lazily written, uh, didn't bother to contact any of these people, only took the word of the left, of course, uh, that it was all genuine. Talked to uh, Chelsea Kane, who did uh, the Mockingbird uh, series. Apparently she got the gig because she's friends with Brian Michael Bendis, who was one of these uh, stars, writers for Marvel uh, his talent, in my opinion, kind of faded now, but nevertheless, he's moved on to DC comics. God help us. We'll see what he does there. But nevertheless, she was a friend of his. He got her a gig. Well, all she wants to do is write about feminism. Well, <laughs> 
So, of course, uh, one of the covers of the Mockingbirds had this, it's become kind of infamous within the comic book people where Mockingbirds were in this T-shirt that says, ask me about my feminist agenda. Uh, and feminist, well, it should have said misandrous because <laughs> that's all it is. It's another this attitude that keeps coming from these uh, social justice warriors who are not very sociable, know nothing of justice, and have never fought in a war. But uh, they had this attitude of they in order to prove to themselves that they are great everyone else must be crap uh when you have to do that it means you're not so great and and certainly in this case uh, of so-called feminist writers who write stories where all the men are stupid or absolutely monstrous or in certain you know are both and and this is how the female character uh arises and becomes a better well why can't you just write her as better, you know, and that sort of thing and, and prove it. But you also got to show the hero's journey. You got to show them struggle. You got to show them flawed. You got to show them overcome those flaws. No, no, they're not flawed. They're perfect. They're wonderful. And you're just a misogynist. You can't see it. And that's, that's it. That's it. There's no dialogue. It's just, you know, raw hatred, uh, in, in, in these scenarios like that. So again and again, you'll see this uh, on and on and on throughout uh, these takes. And so, but if you complain about it, of course you're Hitler. Um, and then you can see the results. Uh, the, uh, a small market has now shrunk even smaller and it really can't afford it. And it's sad, but it's gotten to the point where they're threatening people like uh, Ethan Van Skyver for being a Republican. Uh, and, uh, they become exactly what they claim to be against. Um, and the, the thing of it is, uh, in the real world, uh, uh, good stories and great art matters. And that's why Ethan Van Skyver is at the top of his game and is important to DC comics. And you're not, <laughs> uh, and hopefully that wins the day, but it does take its toll on a guy who just wants to make people happy with his artwork. Uh, okay. Uh, and other uh, comic book, inter- well, not comic book, uh, entertainment news. I, I saw a little thing about The Matrix. Uh, there had been talk of a, of redoing it or bringing it back, and uh, people howled and screamed about a reboot, uh, which I'm not crazy about. And uh, Zach Penn, who's in charge of that, or at least writing it, uh, said, no, no, it's don't call it a reboot. <laughs> uh, so in the matrix mythos, it often referred to, uh, uh, other chosen ones that Neo wasn't the first one. I think there had been six others before him. Um, so that it could go into that, which would be prequel territory. And I gotta admit, I'm not that crazy about it. Uh, I'm not crazy about it at all. Uh, I probably would prefer if they had to do it, maybe more of a sequel to see what goes next. But the problem uh, with The Matrix, The Matrix was groundbreaking. I loved the first movie and I enjoyed the second one. A lot of people don't, but I, boy, I tell you that that freeway scene, action scene is just spectacular. Also, it was an interesting way of showing the matured and, and really super powered hero who's just got, he seems unbeatable. And yet, it worked. Uh, there were challenges for him and uh, there were dangers and whatnot, which I think they could learn or, well, maybe Superman, they can learn from that. But uh, I would have thought they could have learned from that for uh, Luke Skywalker being portrayed in any future Star Wars movies. But no, no, just get him out of the way. <laughs> but the problem with The Matrix is that it didn't have enough story for a trilogy. Uh, I've often thought that uh the third movie could have been cut down to about 10 minutes and tacked on to the end of the second one and be done with it. <laughs> I think that probably would have been better. Uh, but uh, uh, you got to have three movies for, for some reason. So uh, which I'm guessing is what they're shooting for, for reviving this franchise. So they better have it mapped out and figured out what they're going to do ahead of time before they leap back into that. But boy, uh, there's a lot of resistance to it happening, but, uh, we'll see. You're going to get it whether you like it or not. <laughs> You've already gotten some crappy star Wars. Uh, but, uh, if they're really, if they're that good Lord, if the new matrix movie is bad as last Jedi, uh, it'll be a one and done thing. Um, so kind of like the independence day movie, which was so bad. Oh 
God, that Independence 2. Oh, God. I mean, Independence Day. That thing was pure excrement. Uh, but that was supposed to revive a new franchise and there would be more movies coming. <laughs> oh, no, you don't. <laughs> so uh, it could go down like that. And if that happens, then, yeah, it's dead. So uh, it's an unsatisfying end to the original story. Uh, which, like I said, they could have cut it down and probably saved themselves trouble. So that's the only reason to revisit it, I think. Uh, but I'm very dubious that they can pull it off. But uh, it's, you know, wait and see. Uh, meanwhile, uh, stories of Aquaman testing well uh, were now followed by people saying it didn't. <laughs> and then another one came in and said, no, it's epic. If not, even if it's good as Wonder Woman, if not better. And that's pretty high praise for it. Uh, a lot is riding on Aquaman. And as I've said before, it needs to be great just to be judged good by the hostile, uh, uh, <clears throat> uh audience out there to it, because the, the stink of failure is all over DC, no matter what. Even though I've enjoyed most of the movies, except Suicide Squad, uh, most people don't. And so there you go. However, interestingly enough, there were people saying the Deadpool 2 movie screen uh, tests were going very badly. But then the guy had to admit that he actually hadn't seen it. He was talking to some other guy who had seen it, but then he didn't really know the guy. <laughs> Now, again, more people have said they have seen it, and they're more believable because they mentioned plot points that seem to have shown up in the latest trailer. And uh, it scored very well. I think Deadpool 2 will, will do very well, even though I'm not that wild by it. I sort of liked Deadpool when I saw it in the theaters. When I saw it again, I was like, ah, I, I don't know. The, the jokes are very repetitive. It's the same joke over and over again. And even though it's true to the character... And how the comics were and how he, you know, breaks the fourth wall and all that. But it, God, it gets old very fast. And I, I, I don't know. But, you know, we'll see. Uh, the action looks good, but then it always does. Uh, let's see. what. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, so Justice League, uh, of course, bombed. Uh, it made a lot of money, but not enough to show it as a success. And I believe Warner's probably lost money on it. It goes back and forth, but it could have been as much as a hundred million. So, but the good news for Warner Brothers is now Justice League on Blu-ray and DVD has topped the week in those sales, and so uh, hopefully it can maintain that for a little while longer and on to uh, uh, earn some uh, profit for it in this uh, uh, version. A lot of people were saying they wanted to boycott it because they wanted the Snyder cut which based on the deleted scenes uh, or deleted details of the script, uh, yeah, would have been a better movie. But uh, no, nah, you're probably not going to get it. But maybe it could possibly exist. There's more evidence creeping up all the time that there's more of it. Uh, maybe just a few little effects that needs to be put into it, but that would take money. Um, but the thing of it is, if you boycott it, all that tells the WB executives is that the DC uh, name and franchise is crap and they just need to dump it altogether. So... Uh, if you want more and you want it to go on, you're, you, you need to buy the film. Now, if you just hate it, don't buy it. But if you're like me and I liked it, uh, it's not a great movie. It's kind of not so good in a lot of parts, <laughs> but it's not bad. It's not the horrible thing that has received so much hatred. Um, so, uh, yeah, if you want, uh, this to continue or get better or what have you, uh, boycotting it won't do you any good. All right. So, uh, finally some good news for justice league <laughs> anyway. Uh, so there you go. Uh, your DC comics and comics and sci-fi crap all rolled into one, uh, for this edition of the Nelson show. Thanks for listening. Uh, and, uh, do check out my, uh, Selfy store and my Zazzle.com. Um, uh, Mr. Nelson store. Also, there's a Teespring store now. <laughs> I have a Society6 store, too. I uh, just started that. There's a, quite a few shirts and um, coffee mugs there. Uh, it's called the Mr. Nelson shop. Do look into that. And uh, a lot of that goes to help support projects like this and more that I would like to do, but can't because, well, the money's not there. Oh, well, yeah. But if you can help out, that'd be great. Check out my YouTube channel, uh, Mr. Nelson, and also my videos are on BitChute now, uh, BitChute, <laughs> Bit, 
C-H-U-T-E. It's also called Mr. Nelson. A lot of videos there too. So check all that out and we'll see you next Wednesday. Good night, everyone. The views and opinions expressed during the Mr. Nelson show do not necessarily reflect those held by RadioMisfits.com. So, any complaints and or comments should be sent to at Mr. Nelson on Twitter, where they will be promptly ignored and or blocked. Dave Rowe knows all too well how it feels to have his home broken into. Yeah, and see, that's what the problem was. Because I heard him first. I said, hold on. I said, hold up. Wait a minute. Something ain't right. Because then I start to taste them. I say, And then I start to smell them. So it's like the smell that tastes like other. So I knew something was wrong. I knew something special about it. You know? So So what did you do when you heard the intruder? I ran upstairs. I had to run. And I had to do what that little girl, what's that little girl uh, in the Holocaust? She had a... Uh, she was Anne Hathaway, Frank, Frank and Beverly. Anne Frank, that's a hiding bitch, ain't it? I had to get up the stairs. So he had so much rhythm when he was walking up the stairs that doom, doom, doom. Bitch, I started to almost beatbox up in the closet. Oh, boom, boom, boom. But I couldn't do it yet because I couldn't die. I got caught tomorrow. So I'm just a little shook up. That's all that is.